Welcome to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander, the crossroads where culture, lifestyle, and community meet, all hosted by the legendary New York radio TV personality and proud Harlem American, G. Keith Alexander. Okay, I humbly accept that. Hey, welcome to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. Wherever you are, I appreciate you for joining our neighborhood as we hang out together in Harlem America. Today in the What's Hot Spotlight is Cool DJ Red Alert. Red has received several honors recently reflecting his impact on the hip-hop community and the culture at large. He was awarded the honorary Justo Award, which is a testament to his influence and contributions to the genre. His legacy was further recognized when he, along with Eric B., received the 2023 Public Leadership in the Arts Award, highlighting their roles as pioneers in the music industry and their public service through the arts. So it is my distinct honor and pleasure to say that the coolest legend, cool DJ Red Alert, is what's hot. How you doing, Red? What's happening, man? I appreciate that um, presentation. Thank you very much, sir. Well, you're quite welcome. I mean, there, there's so much I could say about you uh, that, uh, and hopefully we're going to get through all of that uh, during this wonderful conversation. But uh, thank you for taking the time. Now, I usually ask my uh, special guests to take the Wayback Machine with me. And let's go way back and tell us what it was like growing up as Cool DJ Red Alert or as Fred Crute. Well, as Fred Crute, you know, um... I came up here as a tot because my descent is from Antigua, West Indies. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I came up tat, I was being raised by my grandparents. A lot of people did not know that I was raised in Harlem. Oh, really? I was raised in Harlem up in Colonial Projects, which was right behind the pole grounds. Mm-hmm. And um, raised there. And then from there, because my parents at the time, originally from 111th Street between 7 and 8, they was working, so my grandparents on my mother's side was raising me. And then later on, I came on back down. So I was always up and down the number 10 bus on the 8th Avenue line. You know, <laughs> you were spending time with the grandparents, the weekends with my parents. But I interact with so many things, going to school, being with um, different organizations. And I um, managed to, from finishing school, from the public and junior high school, now going up to high school in the Bronx, Stephen Clinton High School. And during that time, I was seeing a lot of different things that was going on around me and being influenced with two elders in my family for what they was doing. Uh, my aunt, I'm proud to say that she is one, uh, not during my time, but proud to say that she was one of the first black female opera singers to sing in Carnegie Hall. Oh, really? Yes. Her name is Marjorie Johnson. Oh, and my, okay. my older brother, well, I can't mm-hmm. actually say brother, but we grew up in the household under my grandparents. He's my first cousin, right along my my sister. Mm-hmm. I call him my brother growing up. He was one of the first members Mr. under Mr. Holcomb Rucker. And then after the passing of Holcomb Rucker, him along with Bob McCullough, Fred Crawford, Bruce Bragg, and many others continued to cons- um, the pro-Rucker me. As he oh, really? played, at, at, his name is Ernie Morris. They was you know, running it as well as playing in it. So I look up to both of them, and I can say more on my brother because I look up to him in two different things. If I wasn't in the closet pulling out one of the basketballs, 
I was always in his record collection. Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, well, wait a minute now. Okay, you played basketball. Uh, you you got a, a scholarship to play basketball in high school or something? Or, or yes, what, what was yes, that? Sir. Yeah, Duke Clinton High School, and then I went to Hampton. I went to Hampton when it was called Hampton Institute at the time, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, I only did a year and a half, you know. But before I went to Hampton uh, uh, Institute, what I used to do, I used to sneak down town to the clubs at an early age, putting on my older rubber clothes, going to <laughs> Times Square, getting a fake ID, trying to act like I'm older, and was willing to go and check out what was going on in these clubs. And the clubs at that time was like club, uh, uh, what is it? Ah, oh, man. Was not Club Nicaragua, something like that. It was on 42nd and Park Avenue, across the street from Grand Central Station. Mm-hmm. I was going there. I was going to um, Superstar Cafeteria. I went to the Riverboat. Uh, the, the I remember Mad- the Riverboat. I, I remember the Riverboat. I had a birthday party there. Okay. Uh, Hotel Diplomat. Um, various places I, I was going around. But then when I was going down there, I kept on hearing the sounds of this guy up in the Bronx named Herc. So I was cool talking. DJ Herc? Yeah, uh, cool DJ Herc. So here it is on a Thursday and Friday, I go downtown, but on a Saturday, I go to Cool Herc. And I caught the bug of the sounds. All right, so, so you're you're a teenager now and, and you got yes. the bug. Okay, yeah, and uh-huh. and then and then you'd get into your brother's uh, uh, album right. collection, right? Because every time if I saw a, like a DJ downtown or where Herc is playing, I take a look at the album cover and I say, I recognize that cover, and I'll be coming home right after the party and go digging my brother's collection. I say, Oh, we do have this, we do have that, and I take time listening to it, and I like, wow. So how did you? Okay, so from so from there, how did you get into? Um, Actually, spinning yourself, mixing. Well, I was first and foremost. While I was in Dewey Clinton High School, I took up music class. I took up and learned how to read and write music. So I was always, once again, come from home, being influenced by what my brother' record collection was, which was soul, R&B, uh, as well as uh, Latin, and from through my grandparents, calypso and soca. You know, I was always around music. So now I'm learning to read and write music, but at the same time, a couple of train stops away from the school I was in was Lehman High School. And we went over there, and the first time ever I saw in the cafeteria, I saw a guy had this set up on top of the long lunchroom table. And I'm like, what is that? And I saw how he had the turntable set up, some in between, and a set of records I saw him play. So that led me into when I started sneaking downtown. So watching all this from the college, going downtown, going to Cool Herc, I watched it, it influenced me. But I didn't have nobody teach me. I taught myself according to what I saw. Really? <laughs> and then when I was wondering how they was cueing, and then I got to understand that they was cueing and learning how to blend and mix, I think that by me going, taking up music class, it helped me along because I learned how to measure you know, accommodating from one pattern to another to accommodate one record to another. Incredible. So, all right. So then tell us then, how did that experience get you to the radio station? 
I'm bringing down with an organization, and with the organization, we was taking time traveling all around the city. And um, by riffing later on, we started learning about what was going on in the downtown scene. Now, we talk about late 70s into early 80, more like about 80, 81. Now, here it is, we're going downtown. They wanted to experience and hear on the sounds what we was creating up there, quote unquote, the sounds of hip hop, as I'm with this organization. Mm-hmm. We was able to go downtown, and now we're meeting up with another genre that came up, which was new wave punk rock. So mm-hmm. now we interject along with that crowd, and we were playing at Club in the Grills, um, a place called Dance Interior. Mm-hmm. And you no, know, I'm learning other different sounds like um Tom Tom Club, mm-hmm. Talking Heads, Devo, Nina Hagen, and they was accepting what the sounds we were playing. Mm-hmm. And um that led us to go to the place called the Roxy in, in eighty oh, early eighty. I remember yeah. Roxy, yeah. And by that time when we came came along, we came out with a big record called Planet Rock. Mm-hmm. Rock by the Soul Sonic Force. You were part of that? I'm part of the whole organization. Uh, I'm not in the group, but I'm part of the organization where the group came out of. Because there was three groups that came out of there. First was called the Cosmic Force, then You're called right. the Jazzy Five, and then mm-hmm. here comes the Soul Sonic Force. Oh. So we was built, we was like a building block as we was being involved coming to the downtown scene. No, because the early rap records was coming out at the time, and we was a part of that. And then from there, we got to the Roxy. So a person by the name of Barry Mayo took yeah, interest. I Barry, I worked for Barry at one yes, point. Yes, uh-huh. yes, at Kiss FM. Yes, there you go. Here it is. Barry came to um to to the leader of the whole organization. Say, mm-hmm. we want to. We have interest to bring along what you're doing along what we're doing because at that time it was Kiss Master Mixes. Right. That was Chef Pettibone and Tony Humphrey, and I mm-hmm. think it was Jelly bringing part of it and Junior Vasquez, the dance yes. DJs. Uh-huh. But they wanted to incorporate the styles of the culture of hip hop along what we're doing. So they went after a person named Africa Islam. He did not show up as he was away, as he mm-hmm. was on, on the road. The next person they went after was my cousin, the original DJ Jazzy J. That's my cousin. Oh, really? Okay. Uh-huh. He did it for about a couple months, which was around in August and September. But he chose to move on because he was a DJ for the Sonic Force and also was doing other outside work, got more into producing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they mm-hmm. said, well, who the next person that came in? So they came to me. And that was in October 1983. Okay, so, all right, so they came to you. Now, you were just uh, a a novice at this time. Uh, How did you develop into the cool DJ Red Alert that we know today? Well, the nickname cool come from me playing basketball. Well, Red Alert first. Red Mm -hmm. Alert come from me playing basketball. Uh, I got that nickname because of the big red afro, skinny Mm -hmm. Fair, no um, freckles, and my style of play, where everybody was like taking nicknames at me, and my man Dennis and another guy named Arnold came over and say, "Red alert, red alert," because the big red hair and 
my flair style, how I play ball, and they just start calling me Red Alert. So when I start DJing, I took that name DJ Red Alert, and then cool because I got along with everybody. Everywhere I go, I got along with everybody. I had to ask permission from Cool Hulk, though, because in street terms, you mm-hmm. can't take nobody else's name. Mm-hmm. I'll never get it. When I saw Herc and I said, Herc, man, I started DJing and I get along with everybody. I want to use Cool. So he took time looking around, looking at me. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, that was, you have to have respect. That was street. Right. Well, you can't, can't take somebody else's name. Right, 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 right. Uh huh. Okay, so. Uh, so, so Barry Mayo, great guy, great radio guy. Uh, yes. Barry came along and he hired you at, at Kiss. Okay. Yes. And we we talking about what year? 83? 83, October 83. Okay. I was at, uh, Disco 92 WKTU, although we had dropped the disco and just became a dance station. So that, that was 83. All right. So now 83, uh, who are some of the other, uh, mixers? during that time um well you named a, a few of them do, do you remember who was on ktu uh i think you had animal mm-hmm. the animal i remember him being over there i think um i'm trying to remember what other names at who, one time one time who, the rascals was over there one time right well, where was ted courier um ted Curry was on bls he was on bls okay yes right. uh-huh okay so, all right. So now you, you're moving through this uh, radio thing and uh, you, you're mixing. And now you've got to learn to be an entertainer. You've got to learn to to uh, not just be someone who, you know, comes on and mixes records. But now you develop a style. What was your style? What was it that, that made people uh, attracted to you? Well, one thing I have learned, because anyway ever you get involved with, you have to learn the fundamentals. So me, by being involved with radio now, I have some great mentors that I respect all to this day. Tell you the truth, you wanted them just as well as you came along to oh, kiss later you. on. That's how I look up to everybody individually. And they show me how to conduct yourself in this form of business. But mm-hmm. at the same time, they show me what is it they want me, how they want me to play. They show me how to you know, interact with my my playlist and everything. And I was always have been open-minded because the leader of the organization I was a part of, he always showed me how to be open-minded. So when I, even though people always knew us for quote-unquote hip-hop, we learned how to play all different genres of music and mesh it in together. So mm-hmm. now I'm coming to the radio station, I'm learning how to play R&B, dance, alternative right along the sounds of hip-hop. So I may give you some whispers. I may give you some uh, R&B at the time, some Lilo or some Kashyyyk, rest in peace. At the same time, I may be giving you some David Bowie, Let's Dance, some Cindy Lawford, some Madonna. Now I'm giving you some Run DMC. I'm giving you some Fat Boys. Give mm-hmm. you some um, Nucleus, you know, I learned how to mesh everything together because one thing I learned in radio, everybody has something in common. They all listen to you, but everybody have a taste of what they want to hear. So you interject a little bit of everything to please everybody. Okay, so now then you you started, after a while, you started talking on the radio. 
So it wasn't you. You just weren't a, a mixer. You were now becoming a personality. Tell yes. us about that. Well, when I first started doing radio, I was pre-recording. I was used, I was only on every other week. I was back mm -hmm. and forth with another DJ, either with Tony Humphrey, more likely Tony, and then here comes the Latin Rascal, but then they had me on every other week. And then after a while, they split it down and tried having me on every Saturday. It was only Saturdays I was doing, only one day a week, mm -hmm. Saturdays. Every other Saturday, not every Saturday. And I used to be on from 11 to 2 in the morning, pre-recorded. Mm -hmm. I remember when I didn't even, couldn't even afford a reel-to-reel, -reel, I used to go ahead and record a cassette and then pass it on to Tony Humphrey where he transferred it to the reels. <laughs> and then that's where they put, until I saved my own money, I got my own reel-to-reel. So I after see. that, so after that, for 11 to 2, they saw how I was coming along. They moved me down 9 to 12, 9 at night to 12 midnight. And that's wow. when, give it up to my man, Fred Bugs, because he oh, was a person yeah. that, you know, he brought me on to start doing live. I'll never forget when he pushed a microphone in front of me. I said, what's that for? He said, you're going to talk. I said, I don't talk. He said, you're going to talk with me. He don't want <laughs> He don't want to encourage me to start talking on the radio. Well, look, look, well, okay, let's leave it there so we can take a break, and we'll come back to talk more about that. Uh, uh, and uh, But ladies and gentlemen, we're with Cool DJ Red Alert. This guy's a legend in the hip-hop uh, music industry and radio, and we're going to listen to more of his story, his life story, when we come back. This is What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. Have you ever thought about hosting your own radio podcast to establish fame, fortune, and followers for your small business? People listen to them, they subscribe to them, and they love them. As a small black business owner, doesn't that sound like something you'd like to be a part of? Well, you can when you hire the radio podcast pros at Harlem America Digital Network. Imagine, you'll have a team of creative and technical professionals at your disposal and a one-hour weekly radio podcast to spread the word about your business. Making your business successful with its own media is not for the faint of heart, but it can happen with a Harlem America radio podcast talk show. Get a free consultation by emailing gkeithalexander at harlemamerica.com or call D. Daniels at 480-553-5741 today. Listening to Harlem America. I love it a lot. For entertainment. Check it out. Check it out. Empowerment and health and wellness. Harlem America. The home of Glasso Smart Water is Harlem America. Harlem America. Where Coca-Cola is helping you enjoy less sugar. You're listening to Harlem America, talking to the world from the heart and soul of New York. You're listening to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. To reach our show live today, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Also, you can send an email to gkeithalexander at harlemamerica.com. Now, back to the show. Thank you so much, Kevin. Hey, and I, I want to remind you that you can download the Harlem America app to your phone or download the Harlem America app to your TV. or if you don't have a phone or a TV, you can go to what's hot, uh, dot com. okay? Check us out. 
uh, on our website. We're sitting here with uh, cool DJ Red Alert. And Red, you were just telling us about uh, Fred Bugs. And I, I, I got to give Fred uh, a big shout out because uh, Fred used to be my engineer and Frankie's engineer. When, when we started at, uh, when WBLS started. So Fred Bug sat on the other side of the screen when when radio DJs had to have an engineer on the other side of the uh, window. And uh, so uh, for him to suggest to you that you're going to talk, uh, I, I got to give uh, Bugs uh, big creds for that. Yes, yes. I, I always consider Fred Bugs my mentor, but I know him with a few others, like I said, you and several others. But he really, really leaned on me and gear and guide me to become who I am. Wow, incredible. So, all right, so now <clears throat> you, you started talking, mm-hmm. and um, and I might as well let folks know, those folks who aren't here uh, in New York to listen to WBLS, uh, that uh, uh, you are on... Uh, six days a week now, talking, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and give give them the time slots. My time slot is 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 67, Monday to Friday, 6 to 8 on Saturday. Fantastic. And, of course, they can, get the, they can listen to WBLS online as well. Yeah, so WBLS.107.5.com. Get down. All right. So, uh Tell us about some of the stories. Some of the, do you have any funny stories that uh, you could tell us that uh, happened during that period of time when you were, uh, you know, uh, coming on uh, Kiss FM and, or being out in the community, which is a very important thing for a lot of uh, radio personalities, DJs to be out there in the community. Well, one thing I can say during the time I was on Kiss FM. The rival station that I'm on right now, I feel like Babe Ruth, and I'm saying this, um, <laughs> WBLS. Um, the rival uh, rivalry was me against Mr. Magic. And Mr. Magic was, quote unquote, the man that came on a couple of years before me, I, I think a year or two before me on BLS, and then I came later on. But oh, he prop, heard about. Props to, props to Mr. Magic, I'm telling yeah, you. Rest, rest in peace, Super Rocking yeah. Mr. Magic. When he started hearing about somebody that's down to Dow, first he used to go after my cousin, then he started going after me giving me nicknames, saying different stuff. You know, I remember he used to talk about the steak and smack the lipstick off the radio and <laughs> kiss busters and all that. But for what I learned, rivalry is healthy. You know why? Because it kept me on my toes. Right. It's just like right. saying the Magic and Bird dynasty. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, How are you mm-hmm. going to come out winning? How dominant are you going to become? Are you going to take the hits and then go forth? Or you got to take the hits and get beaten down. So by them being like rivalry to me, it made me learn how to sharpen my tools. Made me learn how to be more idealistic, how to be more creative, how to be more selective of my music, <laughs> and how to go ahead and execute for the people to believe in you. Because what I learned about Orbis and Radio, Keith, it's like we the Pied Piper. You play the right things, you say the right things, they will follow. And that's the way I took it. Well, you know, funny you should say that because, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't remember if it was the New Yorker magazine or New York magazine, but an article was done on uh, Frankie Crocker and myself as being the, the two Pied Pipers of New York during mm. that period of time. Okay. And, uh, and and the article went on to say that, you know, whatever, whenever we told people to go to this club or we 
we told people about this product or this service or to to meet us wherever folks would follow and so uh, yeah the the being a dj being a personality uh, at some point in time in your life you become that pied piper so now continue on because uh, you had this rivalry with uh, Mr. Magic, who was a big, big uh, uh, influence uh, on on radio. Uh, did, did you did you guys ever become friends? Oh yeah, definitely become friends because you know it was never no friction. It was never enough a physical, you no. Know, but it was a friendly rivalry. You know, like we may have some of the people who I call them the Howard Cosells. They mm-hmm. agitate. Oh, this person talk about you. That person, talk, or you know, this person said that until we come across to each other, we being very cordial, but we got to learn about each other at the same time. And we all was going reaching for one goal: to let the audience believe in what we were portraying, and that was the culture of hip hop. So I'm glad that I took it upon myself. I can't speak for the next for him or anybody else, but if I would have took time to round out. The culture sound a hip hop, along with other different genres to mesh it in together, and just had it sticking out like a sore thumb. I don't think people would embrace it as much because when you show that you can mix along anything from hip hop along with some R and B or with some dancing, and they get into it more and more. But if it was just straight up hip hop, they'd be like, ah, push it away. But when you see that you mix it along, it's like saying you're having a nice dish of food, right? Mm-hmm. So the meat, if you got the starch right along with the meat, it may taste together good. You can add the gravy to it. So that's what I did. I add the different sounds and implement it all together. And that's why I think how people took to me. It's like being a selling pitch. All right. So then uh, how do you classify yourself? Do you classify yourself as a uh, a uh, a mixer, a radio personality. Uh, what is the term that you use for yourself? I consider myself a hip hop veteran. The reason I say I consider my yes, I do have under my belt being as a mixer, DJ personality, but I am identified coming from the culture a hip hop veteran because that's where I started from. That's where made me become who I am. That made me go forth to provide the sounds that people is willing to listen to and enjoy and learn how to interject with everything else. So that's why I call myself a hip-hop veteran. Okay, well, you know, on this show, we've been fortunate to have uh, representatives of the 50th uh, year of hip-hop. Uh, we've had um, Chuck Chill Out, my man. Uh, right. uh, we've had... Um, Oh, uh, uh, video music box with uh, Ralph McDaniels. Ralph, yeah, Ralph. Uh-huh. I, I don't know why his name escaped me for that moment. <laughs> uh, we've also had uh, with DJ Hollywood, uh, and uh, who else? Is, I hope I haven't forgotten anyone. But we're, we're we're celebrating the 50th year of hip hop, and the Greater Harlem Chamber of Commerce is getting ready to do a big. Uh, celebration of the 50th year of hip hop as well. So hip hop is really, uh, you know, when I was at KTU, Disco 92 WKTU, 
uh, we started playing some of the first records like Ra uh, Rapper's Delight and Grandmaster Flash with the message and all that stuff. So I was there in the beginning. And I remember Channel 5, Fox uh, 5 here in New York, the local station, uh, uh, Chuck Curry, who was one of the reporters, came to me and he asked me, uh, we were doing an interview. He said, gee, Keith, what do you think about hip hop? And I said, well, you know, I think it's a fad. It won't be around too long, you know, because I had come from jazz and R&B and I didn't know, <clears throat> excuse me, that much about hip hop, but I didn't think it was going to last. People talking over, you know, so, but hey, wasn't I wrong? <laughs> you know, uh, it is here and it is here to stay. Not only that, but in the early days, you know, I I, I, I do voiceovers and, and commercials and things for major advertisers, but they used to call me in to give sort of that hip hop flavor, that, that hip cool kind of flavor. Cause it was just, and then I used to make money doing that. But then someone at the agencies realized, well, wait a minute, we've got this authentic hip hop rappers out here. Let's get them to start doing. And so commercials um, started with the, uh, started using the hip hop rap influence and they became mainstream. And so it put me out of business as far as doing the the hip hop stuff. But mm. uh, the the so what have you got to say about this genre of hip hop when you were in the midst of it and you were just starting out with it? Did you guys ever think that this was going to become mainstream, that this is what the world was going to uh, 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 adopt and uh, adapt to their lifestyles? Honestly, when we was doing it, we were rebellious in our own because we believed in it and pushed it as far as it go, not knowing to what level it was going to go, but we stuck to the core. One thing I learned about within all different genres of music, it comes from a culture. Rock and roll has a culture. Jazz has a culture. All other different genres have a culture. And what's the first thing they always go after? The musical part. So can you imagine... Before hip hop, any other genres that I was talking about, the early days of jazz, the early days of rock and roll, early days of whatever it is that people didn't want to accept it because they didn't understand it. They didn't know what it was about. And then before you know it, slowly but surely started coming along. And that was the same thing that happened with hip hop. I know hip hop come from its raw core, you know, diamond in the rough. But to us, it was something for us. And juice. As to our elders and other people, like, what is that? I don't understand. I don't know. But we stuck to it. And it just grew, just like other genres of music. It grew. And it's a pleasure to see that we see 5.0 from 1973 to 2023 because we believed in it and we we appreciate it to the fullest. You know, and and hip hop, rap, that genre <clears throat> has created more millionaires and billionaires uh, than any other genre. Uh, and hip hop is the 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 largest selling genre of music in the world right now. Yeah, and you no, know, let's face it. Now, from the beginning, stage, like I said, we was diamond the ref, raw to the core, but from like. Ever to ever, generation to generation, things change mm -hmm. with the dip, uh, the different audience. Now, I say different generations because they have their idea of what they want to sound like, what they want to do, what they want to portray, what they want to perfect. You know, of course, it's come different from what it was in my time. 
But it kept evolving, and they kept pulling up the title, hip-hop. So, I mean, not only just as music for us, you see it on TV. You see it in the movies. You see it in advertisement. You see it in brands. You know, it's all part of the culture. So that's something that, you know, you have to respect. Yes, for, for sure. So now, uh, it, it's been a while. <clears throat> I'm sorry, I got a frog in my throat. <clears throat> no problem. <clears throat> ribbit, ribbit. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so, you know, it's been a while. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm out of music radio now. I've, I've spent my whole life in music radio. I'm now in talk radio. Yes. How has music radio changed? Music radio changed a great deal because as time goes by, you're always going to have new artists, new groups, new sound, and it just keep evolving, you know, from generation to generation, like I said, ever to ever, you know, from the 80s to the 90s to the early 2000s, you know, to right now, you know, everything changed. Change is, is inevitable. You know, it never stopped. And I learned to be open-minded from my earlier days, accepting. And what I also always did, always took it upon myself to pick and choose what sound right, because it's all about a trust factor when it comes to the audience trusting you as a person that's portraying the sounds. You don't want to make sure, you want to make sure that you're giving them the right lead. You're not just picking anything. You want to pick the right thing because if they feel that you're slipping off or you don't, playing something they don't like, they're going to turn the channel. They're going to turn the station. So it always going to keep evolving, keep evolving. And that's what it is that I learned to be more idealistic and more open-minded to listen to what's going on. Who are some of the up-and-coming uh, mixers uh, today? Oh, there's quite a few. You know, even from this path for the past amount of time, you know, you got the Funk Master Flex. You know, you got my man who's also with me on BLS S1. Um, you have quite a few of them, quite a few of them, you know, that they still evolving. And not only that, I, I gauge along with a lot of DJs across the country because as we go to these conventions, we embrace each other and we learn the different varieties and ideas of what's going on in their town, in their city, in their state. So there's quite a few of them, so many. When you go across the country to these various conventions, do, do do they know who you are? Yes, yes, yes. And no, another thing I had did, I learned to brand myself because I learned how to take advantage of being up here with a lot of videos. When the music videos came along, I started being embraced into it because, you know, in the past, you probably heard this too, um, Keith, that um, there used to be a lot of imposters <laughs> out there portraying because you may hear the name, but no, you don't know what they look like. Right, right, right. So once I got a taste of the video, and I know, quote, unquote, I understand that, you know, some of them want me in their video because they want me to play the record. But I always tell them, if it sounds good, I'm going to play it. If it don't sound good, I'm not going to play it. You want mm -hmm. me in your video? That's all you. <laughs> <laughs> but I pick and choose what I'm going to play. Mm -hmm. But I learned to take advantage because now people can see how who I look like. So the video really helped me a great deal. Now, now, you've been in about 50 different uh, music videos? So many. Uh, all, and not only just hip-hop, but other different genres, too. 
Name some of the the most famous videos that uh, our audience might be uh, aware of. Uh, a lot of people know me for in um, "It Takes Two" by Rod Bass. Uh, I was in that video that was very compelling, self destruction. Uh, of, of course, some videos of Boogie Down Production. Um, the record uh, called Buddy by Daylight So, Jungle Brothers, and Tribe Called Quest. I mean, that I was in so many different videos. And, you know, another thing that helped me that people got to know about me, I'll give credit about the cassette tapes. Everybody used to always record you on the radio, mm-hmm. off the radio, I mean. Mm-hmm. And them cassettes had traveled. Even you went away to school, you was in the service, you was going to family, them tapes even went overseas where people were <laughs> playing them on the um uh or handheld radios that was called pirate radios you know them tapes is one thing the audio they got to hear who you are now they got to see who you are through the videos so that was marketing right there I didn't think of it at that time but it became that so all right so who are some of the acts that you broke that you made famous oh man Boogie Down Production. Um, I was the first one to play this record called Roxanne Roxanne by UTFO. I'm the first person that brought over the record Keep On Moving by Soul to Soul. When I went over to London, I brought that over. Um, I remember being the first to play, because like I said, I was playing all other different sounds. I mm-hmm. remember introducing Hold On by Envo. Um, I was introducing to mainstream radio dance hall music. Mm. So you're talking about you know, Shaba and Ninja Man and Beanie Man and Sean Paul. I was, and then I was also um, interacting with other different genres because people didn't think I was going to touch on house music. But I was into vibe with the house music. They're like, are oh, you playing hip hop? No, I play everything. Don't don't pigeonhole me just as a hip hop DJ. I'm a DJ. I play it all. So I've been and I, I but I believe in it. I've been into it. You no, know? I've broke a lot of them records. Explain for you. You touched on something here. Explain for our audience the difference between disco music and house music. Disco music. What I learned because my first time going to Chicago. I never forget this. When I went to Chicago, I was hearing them playing disco, but it was adding a lot of percussion to it, mm-hmm. with a heavy percussion, like more bass and, and arrangements to it. And they was calling that house. So when you listen to what the sounds of disco was, there was a lot of strings, horns, to the house was more towards the bass and driven and electric sound, you know. One help accommodate the other. Well, they will go ahead and take some, any up tempo records of the past that was disco mm-hmm. and, and, and added more to it that become a house sound. So that's what I had learned over the years. Oh, okay. All right. So um, you're at WBLS now. I always say WBLS. Uh, that's the tradition. That's the tradition. <laughs> Uh, now, uh, when KISS sort of evaporated and went out of business, you were still at KISS at that time? Yes, I was when it closed down. Matter of fact, to tell you, um, Keith, I've been in all four radio stations. 
when I said all four, when I left Kiss the first time, because it got brought out by the company called Emmis Broadcast, they switched mm-hmm. me over to Hot 97. Mm-hmm. I did Hot 97 for a while, and then, you know, still under the same roof, uh, Emmis Broadcast, I came back to Kiss for a couple of years. Then here come Power 105. That was Radio 1. I went over there for about five years. And then after five years, I came back to KISS for the final time until they closed it down in 2012. Now here it is. I got an offer to come over to BLS. So I've been on BLS now, what, 12 years? Mm. And that's why I say I feel like Bay Roof. Why I say that? Because remember, Bay Roof Arch Rivals was the Boston Red Sox. Right, 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 right. Where did Bay Roof retire at? The Boston uh, Red Sox. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the way I feel about it. I got you. I got you. Well, you know, um, I had a radio station evaporate on me there for a while. Uh, be- before it was Power 105, it was Jamming 105. I remember and, that. And and we were killing it. I mean, we were killing it. And then one day uh, we got called into the office and they said, I'm sorry, but we're changing formats and uh, we're bringing in a, a whole new team. And, and I said, what? So, yeah, it, that's a terrible feeling, you know, when uh, they pull the plug on you, literally well, and figuratively. The, 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 the world of the white collar, blue collar game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, any advice for folks who'd like to get into uh, this business? One thing is, whatever craft you're going to get into as far as personality, DJ, producer, even behind the scenes, study it, master it to the best of your ability. Now, once you interject along, get in in the field, learn Mm -hmm. the business sense. Because there's some people that may be creative, but you don't have a business mind, the business mode to go forth, you can be stuck to a certain location. Learn how to balance both, the best of both worlds, the creativity and the business structure. Well, well, that's very good advice. Um, And do you have any regrets? Have you... What have you had to give up to become cool DJ Red Alert? Uh, My time with my family. I will say that. My time with my family. But they was always behind me because they saw what I was doing. They saw what I was involved with. But, you know, that quality time with me, the family is very important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But, um, and now here it is. God bless my wife. My wife is the person that's been with me 27 years of marriage, but over 30 some years together. And she she believed and she carried along with me. And before her, of course, my grandparents was gone by the time I got on the radio, but my parents, my 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 my, my mother and my father, you know. And then a couple of years after radio, my father passed, and here go my mother. And I'll never get when I started receiving all these accolades, I used to always say, Mom, I wish dad was here to see. She said, He looking at it. <laughs> and she and she rode with me all the way to her past. So, you know, they believed in me. So that's what I'm just saying, the quality time. But it, everything worked out. Well, we believe in you, too. And we're going to take a break right now. And we're going to come back with uh, Cool DJ Red Alert 
a legend in uh, New York radio as well as in the the hip hop uh, genre. And I'm G. Keith Alexander, and you're listening to What's Hot Harlem America. Have you ever thought about hosting your own radio podcast to establish fame, fortune, and followers for your small business? People listen to them, they subscribe to them, and they love them. As a small black business owner, doesn't that sound like something that you'd like to be a part of? Well, you can when you hire the radio podcast pros at Harlem America Digital Network. Imagine, you'll have a team of creative and technical professionals at your disposal and a one-hour weekly radio podcast to spread the word about your business. Making your business successful with its own media is not for the faint at heart, but it can happen with a Harlem America radio podcast talk show. Get a free consultation by emailing gkeithalexander at harlemamerica.com or call D. Daniels at 480-553-5741 today. Harlem America. It's about Harlem. Harlem is my town. Carver Bank, where 80% of every dollar is reinvested in the community. America, the home of Coca-Cola Zero. You're listening to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. To reach our show live today, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Also, you can send an email to gkeithalexander at harlemamerica.com. Now, back to the show. Okay, uh, I'll never stop wanting to remind you to download the Harlem America app to your phone or to your TV. And as something else we happen to have, if you go to harlemamerica.com, we've got this 50-year uh, tribute to uh, hip-hop. Uh, we've got about 50-plus hip-hop songs on there, some of the biggest, and uh, you can check them out. And uh, right now we've got Mr. Hip Hop himself here, Mr. Uh, cool DJ Red Alert, my friend. And uh, so, Cool, um, uh, tell me, you were managing some artists at one time. What what happened to those artists? Oh, now I'm gonna tell you, I had a company called RAP Red Alert Production, and it was management. The first management I had, the first group I was managing was the Jungle Brothers. Mm, Jungle Brothers. That. Uh, and one of them is my nephew, my sister's son, mm-hmm. uh, Mike G, right along with yeah. a, a person who became the DJ he grew up with named Sammy B. And the other person who he went to school with was uh, Baby Bam Africa. And they formulated, and I took them under my wing and started managing them. And then right off, spring off from there, at one point in time, I was managing uh, a tribe called Quest because mm, some I of them was uh, some of them were going to school right along with my nephew in Africa, mm. and then also got in conjunction with a um, the young lady that is a superstar right now. But that was very short. But Queen Latifah, really? Um, yes, uh huh. And at the same time, I was handling them. I was also a member of the group called Boogie Down Production. Mm. You know, I was also a member of them, you know, with KRS-One. So um, those are the people I was managing at that time. And then who also thrashed off for me because there was a group that used to be with me called the Violators. One of the members of the group established himself as a business and started taking off. But he used to always be with me. Rest in peace, Chris Lighty. Mm-hmm. That had Violators Management, 
records. He had a big conglomerate of everything he had brought to the table. And, you know, when I take time and I think about, you was asking me earlier about records I broke, some of them that become superstars. Like I just mentioned a lot of people. Here come Fat Joe, I broke his record. You know, mm. it's like so many people that I'm proud to say that I had touched on that I see how successful they become later on. To this day, can you pick up the phone and call Queen Latifah? Yes. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, <laughs> All I, right. I, I was just riveted not long ago. Really? Mm -hmm. Oh, fantastic. Okay. Um, I I reached out to her. I've been, I've been trying to get her on the show. Her schedule, you know, when the time I was reaching out, didn't permit it. But one day I'll, I'll, I'll get her on the show. Um, right. So... Uh, what are you planning for the future? What, what, where do you see yourself in another five or ten years? Well, I look at it this way: as I probably say, um, this this year I'm celebrating my 40 years of radio. Like I say, from 1983 to 2023, it's a blessing. Um, I'm looking to see how I can open myself to other different lanes and avenues. There's a bucket list I have right now, and mm -hmm. sometimes I don't like to speak ahead of time because I don't want to tarnish the idea mm. or I don't want to spook the idea, you know, <laughs> if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, you could say, I'm going to do that, and then it's never happened. You say, I should have never said enough in the beginning. But there is a bucket list of stuff that I'm looking to see to go forth with and see how far I can continue to take it because this is something that I'm passionate about. You know, I keep that integrity inside me, feel, you know, feel the energy, feel the vibe, and I love what I do. Well, we we love you doing what you do. Thank uh, you. We're, we're uh, winding down. We've got probably about another five minutes, uh, this wonderful conversation. Um, is, is there anything that you would like to, 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 to say, anything you'd like for people to know about you that we don't know about you? Well, first, I may say, Thank each and every single person that took time, if you listen to me one time, or you listen to me a majority of time, for believing in me, trusting me, understanding me, for what I do on the radio, in the clubs, out in public, you know, big support system, respect to all the elders that believe in me from Harlem. You know, from the people from the Harlem Chamber of Commerce, you know, like Roy Williams and all, they helped raise me, you know. I mean, it's a blessing. And for anybody that want to reach me, you can come to my social media, at Cool DJ Red Alert. That's cool with a K. And that's where I'm talking about all platforms from, you know, Facebook, Instagram, um, um, Twitter, you know. I'm blessed. Keith, I'm blessed. I can't say no more. <laughs> I can't say no more. It's an honor. It's well, an honor. Uh, well, you know, uh, we are fortunate to be in a medium that um, we we touch people's lives uh you know i always tell people that um you, you can touch people who are in the hospital they have they can't get out of bed but they can turn on their radio or put on their the computer or or, 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 look, or listen to their smartphone or you know pick you up on the smartphone and you you're the only thing that they've got you know, or 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 someone is 
is riding around in in their car and 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 they've got you there you know uh right. you you're playing music that that might cheer somebody up uh you know or somebody just went through a, a terrible uh breakup with someone and and you put on a record that that uh either inspires them to, to get yes. over it or or you might make them fall yeah no i remember saying you know, this a lot, a, many a time i say there's no i don't know what it is in today's time but at one point in time the only thing that a person may have to their self is just a radio. And at that one point in time, there was a lot of people that couldn't have a television or, or any other type of communication, but they have a little ham radio. And if they listen to that, everything else followed too. So respect to everybody that spent time listening to me. And respect to everybody I took time going to all the schools. And um, no, when I was going to the schools in the past, and now they are the shakers and movers as adults know that remember me coming to the schools. It's an honor. So, hey, this has been really great. Uh, with cool DJ Red Alert, my man. You have uh, really uh, graced the uh, show today, and I really appreciate that. Uh, I any appreciate last you. Uh, blessings to each and everybody. As you know, we give go within the next month for the, for the holidays. Blessings to everybody. Blessings to all. Fantastic. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. You have a great day and a better one tomorrow. And don't judge your brother and sister too harshly until you walk a mile in his or her shoes. Take care. I'll see you next Friday. Thanks for listening to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. We'll be back next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. That's 1 p.m. in New York on the Voice America Variety Channel and the Harlem America Digital Network. Thank you for listening.